Welcome back into Scouses Abroad, presented by the LFC Transfer Room. I'm Jack. That's Ta. We're here for the last time, both in America. It's, it's actually quite a sad moment for us, Ta. There's a bit of emotion kind of coursing into this room. Yeah, definitely. We've known each other since 2019. I'll be graduating this weekend on the same day Liverpool are playing Spurs, believe it or not. And this is it, Jack. This is the last piece of content that we're doing together in person. Yeah. Virtually. It's going to be virtually. So still stay tuned for that. But I mean, an entire show ahead. We can't get too emotional (laughs) on the the outset. But um, I will manage my sleep schedule around being able to make the 11 hour time difference work um, when you move back to Thailand. But no, it's it's been a very, very eventful few minutes. Even we're recording this very fresh off of the Real Madrid three Manchester City one match. We will discuss that because how could you not? That is, I mean, football at its absolute apex. Talk about that a little bit. Also talk about Liverpool's last few matches, previewing where things have gone going forward. So I think let's start with the match that, that's most recent in terms of our time between these episodes, mm-hmm. and that was Liverpool versus Newcastle. 1-0 this past weekend. Uh, a bit of an interesting one. The early 12.30 p.m. kickoff over there in the United Kingdom. So I guess, what were your kind of takeaways from from that match? Obviously, three points, but not the most comfortable affair. Well, it was a great way to wrap up the month of April. You know, seven wins, two draws, going undefeated. We keep on talking about the month of April being the cup final month of every single game. Liverpool aren't allowed to slip, and Liverpool didn't slip at all. I mean, yes, two draws against uh, City and Benfica, but i take a draw over yeah. a defeat. So, uh, it, look, we have players bowling. We have the man in charge staying to 2026. And more importantly, the quadruple is still on after that result against Newcastle. It was a game that I think job done is the right way to describe it. You know, you're not going to go out, thrash teams 3-0, 4-0, put on a great show every single week. Leading up to the title challenge, there will be bumps. There will be obstacles along the way. And Newcastle, they're they're a hot team. You know, they've won, I believe, four games in a row. They haven't lost or dropped points in their home game since early January. So going to Newcastle was never an easy away trip and Liverpool got the job done in the end. Nabi Keita earned his fourth goal of the season and what a time to score and just calm those nerves. Yeah. And you mentioned the form for Newcastle. They had beaten Wolves 1-0, Leicester 2-1, Palace 1-0, and Norwich 3-0 in the four matches preceding that one. So they were certainly in a very, very good vein of form entering that match. So, you know, Nabi Keita had that big, brilliant moment. There were a few contentious moments in that match, but three points were, were done, you know, in that early kickoff. We hoped maybe there'd be a, a chance for City to drop points that did not come to pass. Um, but I mean, Ta, I mean, that, that was the kind of match where, you know, it's in the rear view and you're fine to put that in the rear view very quickly because it was just done. And now you can kind of carry yourself on when you have so many important matches down the rest of the season. Yeah. Look, away trips, they'll never come easy in the Premier League. You expect teams to go at you. They'll expect teams to do whatever it takes to try to frustrate Liverpool. But I thought Liverpool could have scored maybe two or three more goals. Many chances in front of goal. Salah went through. Diaz was creating lots of havoc. And if Mane was more clinical in the chance that 
the ball was played cut back to him, then we'd be talking here on another classic Liverpool away performance, 2-0, 3-0. In the end, 1-0, yes, could have been more, could have improved our goal difference in the Premier League, but three points is three points, and we'll move on from there. Indeed. In terms of the match that Liverpool moved on to, it was Villarreal versus Liverpool. I won't lie to you, Ta. I had one foot in the final in my mind. After the 2-0 match in the first leg, where Liverpool controlled that against Villarreal, it it was never really in doubt for me that they would advance, even after they conceded two first-half goals, and they were thoroughly outplayed. Couldn't complete two passes together. There wasn't a good player in the 11 in that first 45 minutes, but then Liverpool kicked it into gear, scoring three goals. Villarreal had a man sent off late on. They advanced 5-2 on aggregate, you know. I, I, I guess... Do alarm bells go off in your head considering the first half performance in that one? Yes, but not to the extent that will worry me for the rest of the season. Just a bit of a wake-up call. And I think the players needed that because entering the game, I was in the same situation as you. It's Villarreal. I mean, come on. They're they're a mid-table Spanish side. They've caused some upsets, but Liverpool thoroughly outplayed them in the first leg. Everything that Liverpool wanted to happen, happened. You won, you kept a clean sheet, and you entered the second leg with a bit of room for for yourself to make mistakes. And Liverpool did that. Liverpool made mistakes, couldn't string passes together. I don't know what the midfield was all about. Uh, Robbo messed up in that first goal. Trent switched off in the second goal. But Jurgen Klopp's men have shown throughout the season that they fight to the end of games. And that's the reason why the quadruple is still on, because... These players just never give up. And some games, it's, you know, Konate stepping up. It's Thiago stepping up. It's Mo Salah stepping up. This time, it was Luis Diaz. He came on in the second half and completely turned the game on its head. Uh, You know, Fabinho got the first goal. Then, I think, what, in less than five minutes or so, Luis Diaz gets that header. Both of them actually nutmeg Ruli. So credits to Ruli. I mean, I'm not sure how he's a keeper at this level, but that third goal in the end just solidifies any chance of, you know, uh, Liverpool progressing. Yeah. So, yeah, fantastic stuff. I was. I said it in our group chat, how did he get nutmegged from both of those angles? Yeah. Fabinho's shot was powerful. It was low. It was an awkward one. You're a... a keeper for a side that's in the f- best four teams remaining in Europe you should be dealing with that and, mm-hmm. and that turned the tide you know and then we saw Diaz he turned the match on its head when he came on um credit to Villarreal you know they did a great great job in terms of the first half pressing Liverpool making them very uncomfortable but you know they're not Liverpool they can't keep that press up for 45 minutes so once they equalized they fell back into that first match low block trying to keep things deep let Liverpool pick passes together in the midfield and then once Thiago and Keita, who I was surprised he, he stayed on, Keita did. I would have pulled him off for Henderson, much like the Madrid match a year ago. I'm glad Klopp didn't. He settled into the match, got the assist in, uh, on the third goal. And so I think that, um, I believe it was a third goal. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, it, it was just proof that, you know, it's hard to keep the intensity that Liverpool keep up, let alone in one match. But over now, we're looking at, what, 62 matches over an entire season is going to be absolutely unbelievable. Um, and, and I thought it was a very much improved. But Luis Diaz, I mean, I want to talk about him for just a moment. Sign of the season, no disrespect to Canate to say that, because Diaz has taken a side that could have stalled, could have lost momentum in various competitions, invigorated players, allowed Mane to slide centrally, changed him, 
mm. been a creator, a goal scorer, a general threat from the bench, and as a starter. And he he's the reason they're in the Champions League final right now because he turned that match on its head. I mean, yeah. It, brilliant piece of business. Signing of the season by a mile. You look at the instant impact that he's had at Liverpool, whether it's in the Carabao Cup, in the Prim League, in the you know Champions League, he's always delivered every single time he's been given the opportunity. Out left, his strongest position. But I think him out right adds another unique dimension to our game as well. I mean, you have Mane and Diaz running at your wingbacks. Every team wants to avoid being in that situation. And I think Diaz coming on in the second half and playing the way that he did solidifies his spot in the Champions League final. I think there's still a long ways to go until then. You're, what, 24 days out at the mm-hmm. time of recording. But uh, that, he's part of my lineup for that for that Champions League final quite a ways out. Um, you know, over the, the balance of the two legs, Liverpool 5, Villarreal 2, a big, big result on Tuesday. I send them through. Any last thoughts on that before we move on to the second match in the semifinals? I don't think fans should be overly worried about the first half performance. I... You know, we, we've seen from the Champions League semifinals that teams are always going to look for upsets and there's always that element of surprise when it's this late on in the competition. Villarreal aren't easy pushovers. They've upsetted Bayern Munich. They've beaten Juve already. So I sort of expected that first half start from Villarreal to be a bit... You know, troubling for Liverpool. I didn't expect them to score two. I expected them to score one. But in the end, Liverpool coming out with more of a sense of urgency in the second half to turn the game around. They only needed one goal. I mean, yeah. they, they could have just scored that goal and then, you know, parked the bus. But that's not Liverpool way. Ah. That's not the Liverpool way. And in the end, deserved winners. So let's talk about what we've just recovered from. We've had a moment to talk about other things, oh. Tom. But I mean, talk about, you know, the sport at its best. And that is Real Madrid versus Manchester City, and you know we're outside observers in this one where we're not we're not pulling for anybody. I preferred Madrid in the final. You preferred Madrid in the final. I think that reflected in our celebrations <laughs> yeah. at, at moments in time. Um, but it was, you know, and and this is a, a separate discussion that we'll have I think in a moment. But it is proof of the club difference in my eyes between Real Madrid and Manchester City. When Madrid are down two goals, when the 90th minute ticks around, they're at the Santiago Bernabeu, mm. a historic venue. Some of the best players in the history of the sport have ever played there. Some of the best moments have happened in that stadium. They've won this competition 13 times. City have never won it. In that moment, when you know that ball's floated in for Benzema, I'm not. I'm genuinely confident they could still equalize that match. And when Rodrigo scored. I knew, you know, it's coming in this moment. And within moments later, in the 91st minute, they equalized in terms of the aggregate score 5-5. Benzema is fouled in the box by Ruben Diaz. 95th minute, there's a penalty there. So 3-1 in that match. I mean, we've experienced the emotions of that match. What Kind of tell the audience kind of how you viewed the final... I mean, that, that 15-minute span between, you know, the Jack Grealish block and then Benzema has the penalty to take the lead. I have to, before talking about my emotions during that roller coaster ride, I have to accept that before this week, a few weeks ago, I said 
bring on City. I, I want to take on City. I mean, I like the end-to-end match. I like the rivalry. But after watching the 2-2 at had and then the FA Cup semifinal, I do not want to have anything to do with City for the rest of the season. The fact that they can win the Champions League and the Premier League and knock Liverpool off their perch in both of the competitions, absolutely unacceptable. So I was cheering my, like, my heart was, it was a la Madrid. It was a la Madrid in here. So, I mean, the emotion that I went through during that match, it was insane because you look at the chances that Man City had to kill the game off. Jack Grealish, I mean, before that, Silva had a a shot as well. Mm -hmm. They were through, they were basically just knocking on Madrid's door. And all of a sudden, Rodrigo gets subbed on for Tony Cruz. He, you know, he gets one back. And then I'm like, yeah, it's going to be tight towards the end. But all of a sudden, City just switched off. It's like they choked. It's, I I mean, how? It's unbelievable that Pep Guardiola's team that's loaded with this much talent can just switch off in the end like that. And Real Madrid playing with the crowd behind them, playing with Benzema up top. I mean, the nerves, oh, he's just like, he's not nervous at all. I mean, that guy is just ice in his veins. It's insane. What a comeback. Liverpool are mentality monsters. That's why they're in three Champions League finals in five years. City, they're not not mentality midgets or anything, but Mm -hmm. they are mentally not the team Liverpool are. You know, we saw Villarreal have that moment. They equalized. Liverpool were on the ropes. Villarreal, admittedly, worst team than Madrid. Liverpool punched back. Yeah. City couldn't punch back. You know, people will make fun of Jack Grealish for the, the block. Uh, on the, He could have ended the tie. Yeah. I thought he was brilliant. That was one of the best Jack Grealish performances I've seen in a City shirt, you know, since he signed. But didn't do enough. And, you know... Unbelievably, it's a rematch four years on of Liverpool versus Real Madrid. And Mo Salah said he wanted them. And Mo, he's getting them. Mo, he's getting them. I'm expecting a hat trick. <laughs> there's no, there's, I mean, like genuinely, if Mo Salah's gotten a lot of slander because he hasn't scored very recently, if he scores a hat trick in the vengeance game in the Champions League final, ball and door. <laughs> I mean, I mean like, rip the ball and door I mean, away from Benzema. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's. And it, it really is a Ballon d'Or head-to-head between Salah and Benzema. Yeah. Benzema's been better this calendar year, for sure. He's been unbelievable, tiring all those records. But if Salah wins the quadruple and also scores in the Champions League final... It's, it'd be a very interesting debate that would rain on all the way through the end of the year. But, you know, I, I want to hit a few things on this match. Drag, this, is a bit, this is not Liverpool discussion, obviously, but it's... Yeah. It's th- Liverpool-related. Liverpool-related. Who would you have rather faced in this one? Or in the Champions League final, obviously, Madrid or City? Madrid, all day Madrid. I can't take my emotion out of it because if it's City and Liverpool, I think the players even would prefer not to play each other because the team that loses at the end of the day, I mean, the slander, the jokes, the memes, it would just be continuous for the rest of the summer. And with Madrid and Liverpool, yes, it will be really bad for Liverpool to get that chance to get a revenge, and then in the end, Madrid wins it twice. But it's easier to accept losing to a foreign side than a side that probably, I I, I guess, they're taking away the trophy already domestically. So losing twice to a team hurts more than losing just once. And taking away that emotion, 
you know, of of who would hurt to lose Leicester because I hate looking at it like that. Mm. Who do Liverpool match up better against? You mentioned that midfield trio from Madrid. Who would is a better matchup? We've seen a lot of City Liverpool. Haven't seen Madrid Liverpool in a while. Last year what, what was when we last saw them play in the quarterfinals, which Madrid won that match. Yeah. Who, who do you think Liverpool face off better against? Liverpool's team right now overall matches up better with Madrid, I think, in a one-off match. The midfield for Madrid, personally for me, more difficult to play around than Man City, but attacking and defending, I still think Liverpool can edge Madrid there. I think after seeing Vinicius almost play for City in that match and numerous times, chances he had, man, I was I was screaming. I was like, dude, you, you are letting us down. Now, I want you, Vinicius, <laughs> carry that over into the final, please. That would be great. Now let's let's segue this discussion, you know, into the league. So City have obviously had another heartbreak in the Champions League after losing the final last year. Semifinals, I mean, all I mean, this is this is levels of Barcelona Liverpool in, in nineteen, where it's ultimate choke jobs. Does this galvanize them to get that one last trophy on offer? Or with the Walker injury? With this big setback, could Newcastle on the weekend or a team down the rest of the stretch knock City off in the final four matches? I actually think it's a momentum booster. I think City have no trophy left now, and Pep Guardiola will be screaming at his players to stay focused and make sure that they win out for the rest of the season. And I think it strengthens City. Um, At this point, the Premier League for me is... I'm in the same boat with the 18-19 now where I just hold my hands up and say, at least we didn't lose to City this season. That's that's where I am now. Well, yeah. in eighteen nineteen, you know, there was the, the Vincent Company goal yep. in, on the Monday against Leicester where mm-hmm. you're like, damn, it's probably season over. They probably won the title. Day after, if I'm remembering my dates correctly, yep. you have, you know, 4-0 Barcelona. So they didn't win the Prem that year, but they won the Champions League. Liverpool have to keep their Prem chase up if they want to kind of catch up on any slip. You know, this weekend, you kind of look at who's playing who. Liverpool play against Newcastle, or Liverpool play against Tottenham. Newcastle play against Manchester City. Newcastle were an interesting foe for Liverpool, but you imagine that they would definitely be the severe underdogs in this upcoming one against yeah. against City. Let's talk about the Liverpool-Tottenham match. Now, Tottenham are a team that's in decent vein of form. They have the number two scorer in the league, your boy Heung-Min Son. Big fan of him. Um... They've recently off of a 3-1 win against Leicester in the previous two matches. Before that, they lost to Brighton, Drew to Brentford. So a very inconsistent team. Where are you sitting, you know, a few days out from this one in terms of how optimistic you are for this this match on the weekend? I'm not very optimistic, actually. I want to be really? honest with you. I'm a bit nervous for this game because with so much emotion of reaching a third Champions League final in just five years... And Klopp being the first ever manager to coach his team into the Champions League final, the FA Cup final, and also the Carabao Cup final. That's an achievement that I think will still be in the heads of Liverpool. And, you know, it's going to impact how things turn out. I know that they're mentality monsters and, uh, you know, what have you. They're, they're a team that won't be too cocky about reaching the finals. But it happens. We've seen it before. After a a big win, you know, a derby win. The next game, the first 10-15 minutes, there's signs of vulnerability there. And Tottenham play very well against sides that like to keep possession, that 
likes to go on the attack. And they've proven that they can hit on the counter. They've beaten City both home and away. Son and Kane love to play on the counter attack. I think that one ball from the defense, once it reaches Kane and he turns around and Son's just blazing through down the wings, I'm scared. I think that Son up against Trent is going to be a battle and Kane against the likes of Virgil van Dijk and whoever plays next to him is going to be a battle as well. Um, these two sides have played each other over the past, you know, three, four years that I can remember. Never been the easy. score has always been just by the odd goal. It's usually a 2-1, a 3-2, a 1-0. Last season, this fixture, Bobby Firmino got a header in the 90th minute that won Liverpool the match. Meanwhile, the first meeting between these two sides, it was a 2-2 draw. Andy Robertson got sent off in that yeah. game as well. So Spurs are very, very good. They're talented. They play the style that Liverpool have struggled against. And I think it'll be closer than what Liverpool fans would want it to be. Closer than they want it to be. What is your prediction? I'm going to have to go with a 1-0 win. I don't think there'll be more than one goal in it. I think it's going to be similar to the Newcastle result where Liverpool get a goal in the first half have a couple of chances to try to kill the game off in the second half. Tottenham go on the counter. They maybe hit the post. Allison comes into action by making a save. But in the end, Liverpool power through. And I'm going to go with Luis Diaz to get the winner. You, you said the man I was about to mention, You know, Emerson Royale, probably one of the weak links on, mm-hmm. on Spurs' lineup. I think Luis Diaz kind of lining up against him. There was a reason the quote that came out where he said, you know, when, when he— lines up for every match. He thinks about, you know, taking it out on the opposition for <laughs> scary. for the for for the difficulties he had growing up, the poverty yeah, yeah. and the malnourishment that he had growing up. And so he's got that he's got that dog in him. I think he's gonna be the man for the rest of the season. There's a lot of people mm. who are like, you know, making these Neymar versus Luis Diaz comparisons. It's it's like the Rio Ferdinand quote. Just enjoy them both. Just enjoy them both. Enjoy yeah. them both. They're they're both flair South American players. They're very different players. I, I don't, and maybe this is a discredit to Neymar. I don't think Neymar scores that header that Luis Diaz scored. You know, and, and I think Luis Diaz is like what six foot tall. It's he's a uh, he's five ten. Yeah, he's he's not six foot, but he's a sneaky tall guy. He's still a even though he's very skinny, you know, very much the flashy guy. He he is going to be the biggest difference maker down the stretch of this season. And again, as a credit to why he's one of the signs of the year. Five fun facts about Luis Diaz. Go check it out on the LFC Trans Room and also be sure to subscribe. Oh, that segue. There will be a that card. Segue. There will be a card up here. I'm making sure that ed- editing, I'm editing this week. Oh, yes, I'm making sure yes. that editing Jack is putting a card up here in case you want to watch the five fun facts. Part. Talking about facts, it's trivia time. Oh, we, we we do these every single week. I was hoping you forget. Okay, Jack. Liverpool have played 57 games so far this season. Of those 57, how many have Liverpool won in 90 minutes. So we're not talking the penalty against Chelsea okay. or you know I think Leicester, I think, all that stuff. Okay, so just yeah. wins in 90 minutes. All right, let's think about this. We can just pretty mathematically. There are six in the group stage of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. They beat Inter first leg, drew second leg, beat Benfica first leg, or they lost first leg. So, all right, so we have eight in Champions League. 9-10. So 10 in the Champions League so far. Then we've got... Come on, Jack. It's not It's not rocket science. So they lost two in the league? Maybe three? 
Uh, I'm going to go with 20. I, I have no gauge. 26 in the league, maybe. They've won. Dropped points in eight matches. So that's 36. They've won every match in the Carabao Cup. They didn't win, they didn't win every match in the Carabao no, Cup. They two went, of them went to PK. Two of them went to PKs. Um, Arsenal, did that one go to extra time? Do we play Arsenal in the Carabao Cup? Or is it another Home game? and away. There's a home and away. That's a good point again. Draw and oh, win. Draw and win. So there's come a on, win. Jack. Ra- come on. Round it up. Round it uh, up. So I've got, what, 37, 38, 39, 40. How many FA Cups? I'm going to say 44. 44. No, 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 no. So wait, they've played 56? 57 games. 57 games. How many? Nah, they've won 46. 46? Yes. 46 final or 44? Answer. Final answer is 46. You're wrong. How, how far off? 43. Oh. Yeah, 43. I went, I went, yep. I went the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to look at the, I had the league. I, I'm an honest guy, Ta. I had the leagues or the table up and I could have pulled it like to see. So they've won 25 in the league. So that's where I, I overestimated by one. I nearly had some great math there. Yeah, almost, math, almost. But you were really close. Yeah, um, yeah I think I, I underestimated the amount of draws that they had in the league. You know, I know we only lost two: Leicester and West Ham. Yep. Um, which those hurt in retrospect. Those those defeats hurt. Um, and people always talk about you know you we lost the league by drawing to City. You didn't lose the league by drawing to City. You drew your two goals up on Brighton. You were a goal up on on Brentford. You yeah. lost to West Ham. You lost to to Leicester. You know you had these moments in the year where. You should have beaten these teams. It's what cost us in eighteen nineteen draws with the likes of Swansea and Everton. And it was like we shouldn't have been dropping points to these sides, but we did. And that cost us come the end of the year. Um so we're in a we're in a spot where we're waiting for dropped points elsewhere. Yeah. And it's never a good feeling. But it is a very it's kind of a weird way to say it, very good feeling that there are still two matches in our hands for two trophies. And so this isn't really a hot take question for you. But I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Over under two and a half trophies at the end of the year for Liverpool. So they're on one. Are you saying they win just one more? Or are they winning two or three on offer? Over under two and a half? Mm-hmm. Over. Going over. Over. I see Liverpool winning both the FA Cup and the Champions League. Just three. No, no Prem? I'll <laughs> I always say the quadruple is still alive, but it's not a guarantee. Not a guarantee. It's not sense. a guarantee. So I'm gonna go with three for now. And my emotions will probably change a day before that final match when Aston Villa takes on Man City. So I'm gonna go three for now. Yeah, yeah safe safe pick. Look, what look at the position that we're in. I'm saying three trophies at the ah, end of the season is a safe pick. Safe pick. Yeah. Unbelievable. The standard has been raised so high. And obviously there would be level of disappointment if it is two trophies. Yeah. If it's, I mean, not, not God forbid one trophy where you're the first team to ever go to all finals of the competition yeah. and also be a contender. That's not that's not a God forbid statement. But, you know, it would definitely be a statement to the levels that the side has risen to. And have we talked about Jurgen Klopp's contract extension? I don't believe we have. I think that news happened in between episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this unbelievable is an understatement of what he's done so far. I mean, four years now, he will have four more years. It helps every asset, of, every facet of everything. Recruitment, you're saying you got four more years of maybe the best manager in the world. Yeah. Maybe. You can make the case. You've got a level of consistency there. I mean, I don't think you could sign Mbappe, Holland, 
and roll the years back on Cristiano Ronaldo by 10 years and bring him in as well. And that wouldn't be as impactful as, I think, four more years of Klopp. Yeah. At least for me. I mean, this man has built Liverpool from the days of Borini, Balotelli, and Lambert starting up top to now making Liverpool have the best front five in world football. I mean, yeah. it it's no insane. Team is as deep up front. It's insane what he has done. I have a follow-up question on that. This is maybe the hot take question. I'm going to give my position on it. If between this year and next year, there is not one Premier League title, considering the depth that has now been assembled, credit to him for assembling the depth, if there's not one Premier League title this year, next year, that's a failure. But I don't know if it's a hot take, but that's my take. Because you, you we talk about this, right? Four center backs, Van Dijk, Matip, Kanate, Gomez. Probably best four center backs depth in the world. You know, for the front five, Firmino, Jota, Diaz, Salah, Mane. Probably best front, probably best five forwards on one side in the mm-hmm. world. Two best fullback pairing in the world. Allison, best keeper in the world. Fabinho, best defensive midfielder in the world. Thiago Keita, maybe the best, you know, combo, combo of yeah. eights in the world. Some solid backups in the midfield. Midfield's a little weak. <laughs> How can you say all of that? And not follow it up with number 20. Yeah, you have a point there, Jack. And I actually will agree. I think if you look at it from a neutral's perspective, we zoom out and look at Liverpool from a big picture. No excuse. Liverpool should compete for the Premier League every single season. They're one of the best teams in the world, so they have to go deep in the Champions League as well. And if you look at beating a team like Man City, Liverpool are probably the only side that can go toe-to-toe against them. So you're right. You you have a point there. Yeah. You know what my... I think, you know, the way fans talk about Liverpool sometimes, and not infuriates me, but sometimes makes me a little irked, you know, because it's like you talk about your players and our players in terms of the sense of they're some of the best in the world. I think in, in every position in Liverpool starting 11 that started against Villarreal, Maybe Jota for Diaz. I'll, I'll, mm. I'll make a swap there. I would make the argument that you're top three, top five in a few spots, but you have some of the best footballers in every spot position in the side, and a lot of them, the best in the world. How can you not then be saying in the same breath, we have all these great players, mm. we need to win titles. We need to win everything on offer. My expectation, Ta, is an FA Cup crown and a Champions League crown. It's out of our hands in the Prem, so I'm, I'm fine if that doesn't happen, but I'd be devastated if we dropped points. City dropped points. We didn't capitalize on that. So I think that my expectation is six wins. It's high, <laughs> but I can't say we have the best squad in the world, the best manager in the world, with some of the best, with the best fan base, the best atmosphere, the best, best home environment, and not follow it up by saying we should be taking these trophies. So, yeah. There's, there's high expectations for us, Todd. We've been doing this for th- this show for about a month. A and month a half, and a half, yeah. A month and a half now. Um, and I don't believe they've dropped a match. They lost a match since then. They have. What they match have. did they lose? Inter. Oh, they, they, they lost to Inter. Yeah. But that's that's like, you know. But you advance to the next round. You advance so, to the next yeah. round. So I think in terms of genuine defeats, the only down, down result has been the draw to City mm-hmm. since we started this show. Crazy. So I'm hoping that the ending of the in-person Scousers Abroad does not lead to a downturn in form for Liverpool. 
you know, you know, I, I imagine Van Dyke is very motivated to watch our show once a week, <laughs> and he's and he's making sure that he wants to have good things uh, to say. It's been fun, Ta. It has, Jack. I mean, I've absolutely loved doing content with you throughout the past two, three years yeah. here. Whether it's for the LFC transfer room, you know, you were the one who invited me on, or for Indiana University. So hopefully, Liverpool will make us happy and they will win trophies and we'll end on a high. Indeed. It's the closing of one door in terms of you know these pads on the wall with Ta and I in this room, not the closing of the door for our content together. We will have virtual shows coming in the next few weeks, kind of still a similar format. It'll be slightly different, but you know, different is never necessarily a bad thing. But Ta, you know, I actually want to get, before we go, <laughs> I want I want a since it's the last time we're here in person. You okay. Know, I okay. want both of us to kind of say with our fingers. Well, we've we've kind of already given your prediction. Yeah. I want individual predictions of the finals that we've got on deck as well as the Premier League. Okay. So I'll go first for the FA Cup. Then you go first. Or then you go. We follow that. You lead Champions League. I'll go Champions League. And then we end with the Premier League. And then we end with the Premier League. <laughs> okay. My prediction for the FA Cup. I think it is 2-1 Liverpool. Okay. I think Lukaku scores for Chelsea. Oh, no. I think Lukaku gets a, a off the off the bench. Or he gets some sort of goal to kind of make it an awkward one. Vengeance for the Carabao Cup. Late equalizer for Liverpool. Into extra time. Van Dyke off of a corner. 2-1. Okay. I think that. Your prediction for the FA Cup. 2-0. I'm going to go with 2-0 in the final. I think that... Uh, Salah and Diaz will score. Oh, Diaz. Yeah, riding the high. Champions League, the last match of the season. I'll go first for this one. I'll go first for this one. What Madrid did to us in the 2018 version in Kiev still haunts me till this day because young freshman Ta <laughs> thought that he would enjoy a late night with his parents and see Liverpool lift. The Champions League trophy for the first time since watching it happen in Istanbul. I mean, obviously we were watching it at home, but like, <laughs> I was going to say it, you were in Istanbul. No, no, watching be it like yeah, watching them lift it in Istanbul. So yeah, um, I'm gonna go with three two for the Champions League final. My heart. I think it will be similar to what we watched against Villarreal, where Madrid get off to a good start and then Liverpool. Sort of make a comeback. It won't be two now and three two, but it'll be like one now, one one, two one, two two, and then three two. So, yeah, three two for that. Um, goal scorers, Virgil Van Dyke. I think he'll step up big time. I'm actually gonna go with Thiago lasering Ooh. one in from far, and in the end, it'll be Mo Salah rounding Courtois and tapping it home. He'll take a shirt off and do the gladiator post. I don't think it's gonna be close. Wow. I don't think it's gonna be close. Wow. This may bite me in the ass. And, you know, we'll do a show and we'll do secondary predictions. We'll play this clip probably before. <laughs> and since it'll be on StreamYard, I'll, I'll clip these. So we'll have short clips of us saying our predictions. We can either say, well, that, that's aged poorly in the 20 days since yeah. then. Um, I don't think it's going to be close. I think considering that Liverpool are going to be maintaining their intensity. I mean, Madrid just won their title, you know. Let me make sure if I, I don't want to be an idiot here. I don't believe they have a Copa del Rey on, on deck. No, no, no. They don't. Their final match is... Are they're dead rubbers? You know they don't matter for them. They can take the foot off the gas. They can rest, but we saw it with Barcelona in that four nil match in 2019. 
they didn't need to play. They rested almost their entire 11 the match prior. Mm. Took their foot off the gas, got some rest. They were more rested. Liverpool were beaten up. They had a lot of injuries. Salah wasn't playing. Mane or, or Farina wasn't playing. But it was that momentum, that intensity. And I think that off the back of 2018, this is a group that you know has a chance to make some serious, serious history. And I think that it's going to be a similar open to the 2020 2019 yes. Champions League final. I was like, when did they win the Champions League? 2019 Champions League was an early moment for Salah. Not from the spot this time. He's going to get he's going to get rid of those non-penalty goal demons in the finals, and he's going to score one within five minutes against Madrid. And then it's just going to be a second within 10 more. And then it's 2-0 up. You're cruising a little bit. You ride that into halftime. A third in the second half. 3-0. And, I mean, we're talking about passing around at the back with 20 minutes to go. With the, the Ole, Ole. With the, with the Ole's. I mean, I—, I could be royally wrong. Oh, yeah. But I thought Madrid were phenomenal today against Manchester City. But I saw a team that looked vulnerable in transition. They had moments where they were, were being able to be exposed. And Rodrigo was great. Benzema's one of, probably the best player in the world right now. But I, I back this team. I can't say we have the best players in, in Allison Van Dyke, Fabinho, Thiago, Salah, Trent, Robertson. I can't say we have seven, maybe six, seven of the literal best players in their spots in the world and not say they cruise the Champions League final. Okay. So that's my prediction, Tom. Last but not least, you go first. Will Liverpool win the Premier League? They will be the first side to ever win the quadruple. Ooh! They will be. I think that it's this matchup next for City that they drop, Newcastle. I think that Liverpool will beat Spurs. The pressure will be on. There will be, you know... People will say that City are using it as a catalyst. I don't think they're going to. I think Walker, if he's hurt and can't play, he's one of the guys where I would say I trust his mentality to use this not as a negative, a detractor. I think they draw with Newcastle, missing a late chance. Grealish with a chance late on doesn't take it. I think they draw with Newcastle, and then all of a sudden, Liverpool have it in their hands. Every match they win, they, if they win every match, they win every trophy on offer. I think they do that. Your prediction. You're putting me on the spot here, Jeff. This is do so wanna, do, much do, do, pressure do, do, do to wanna, wrap up the in-person segment of our show. Do you want to say no no trophies, Tom? You want to say no no I no can't prem? end with that. I cannot end with that because I'm going to say Liverpool are going to do it as well. Yes. Liverpool will do the quadruple. It's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I still don't think City will drop points this week or the next week. I have a bit of love for Aston Villa on May 22nd. I have a bit of love for Stevie G, you know, looking at the camera and doing this to us, Jess, and maybe taking off his uh, suit and underneath it's like a Liverpool jersey or something. Superman style. Yeah, you never know. Opens it up. You never know. I've basically argued all show long that City are now extra motivated and they have the title in their hands and all that stuff. But no, in the end, I'm going to end with a high. I'm going to say Liverpool quadruple, it's happening. If um, imagine if it's a Steven Gerrard led Aston Villa with the goal scored by Felipe Coutinho, that would be like a statue. It, Build him a statue. I mean, it's like yeah, they they would they would he would become. I mean, he would go from snake from a lot of in a lot of fans' eyes to damn near a legend. 
Agent Coutinho. Agent Coutinho. Well, it's been a long one, Todd, but it's been a very, very fun one. You know, and, and we had to milk the last time we'd be here in person. We'll have many discussions before these next big matches, and we'll be able to kind of survey: did we make some bad calls? Did we make some bad predictions? But we're trying to predict three weeks in advance. And we, I mean, look, three weeks ago was what middle of April, and that yeah. was you know right before the FA Cup semifinal against Man City. That was before numerous matches. So, you know, that was before an entire semifinals advancement in two competitions, as well as, you know, big matches against United, against Everton, against Newcastle. So a lot can change in 21 days, both good and negative. But I'm going to hope it's good for, it's going to be for the, uh, for the positive. But any last thoughts, Todd, before we roll out of here? Jack, wherever I am, wherever you will be, you'll never walk alone. Never walk alone. That's a great way to end it. Presented by the LFC Transfer Room. This has been Scousers Abroad. I've been Jack. It's been Ta. We'll catch you next time. Peace.